where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. And all God's people said, amen. So what a joy it is this morning to gather with you, to gather in a little bit different circumstance. I got to be honest with you, uh, it is uh, a challenge for me, as you can imagine, to preach to a room with not very many people in it. But I'm so grateful this morning for our team. And so before I go any further, I just want to thank God for our team this morning. I want to thank God that uh, several people got up and came to help us this morning. I'm thankful for people like Russell and Javi. I'm thankful for our band. I'm thankful for just this entire team coming together so that we might be able to worship together online this morning. I realize that we are in some interesting times. And last week we took a time out from the book of Acts. And to be honest with you, it was amazing to see how God moved through that time that we had together, both present here at Lafayette as well as online. And it's been awesome to see how you have shared those, um, that message with so many other people and how many people have been impacted by that. We're blown away by how many people are worshiping with us and gathering with us that don't normally gather with us in public, but you're gathering with us online. And, and I just want to say as the pastor of Community Church that represents uh, our elders and our staff, how humbled we are that you would worship with us and that you would gather with us uh, through these difficult times. We pray that you would be encouraged by God's word. We pray that you would be encouraged through the singing of God's word through song. And we pray that as we gather that we understand that the word says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. And so this morning, you might be gathering with your family in your den. I saw some of your posts last week on social media. Some of you didn't even get out of bed. And if there's two or three of you in your bed, that means mom and dad are there and the kids have jumped in there too. And that's not really social distancing. But wherever we find ourselves worshiping this morning, I pray that we understand, as we sang last week, our God is unstoppable. And we're going to seek God, and we're going to run after God, and we're going to ask the Lord to lead us and guide us in these times. We're going to be in Acts chapter 5 this morning. We'll pick up in verse 12 and go all the way down to verse 42. Um, we're excited to be in our, in our sermon series called Acts, the gospel on the move, and we're excited about where this text this morning is taking us because the apostles find themselves in a challenging time. They find themselves in a challenging time that 
pride of religious leaders, our pride of public leaders, of, of government leaders are not okay with them preaching Jesus because Jesus is getting the glory and Jesus is getting the credit and those leaders do not want that to happen. I also want you to see that in this text this morning that the gospel is trying to be muted. The gospel is trying to be um, halted. The gospel is trying to, to, to be stopped. Very similar in the days that we find ourselves, I can guarantee you that in these last days, in these last weeks, that the enemy probably began to laugh and thought to himself, I've got the church. I've got the church. You can't gather together, so therefore you can't meet together. And if you can't gather together and you can't meet together, then, then I got you. And I'm so thankful this morning that not only do we serve a God who has rescued us, not only do we serve a God who has not forgotten about us, but we also serve a very creative God. A God who gave men and women wisdom to come up with a thing called the internet, to come up with a thing called live streaming. And I am so grateful today that the church will go on. The church will continue to gather. And church, I got to be honest with you, there is no doubt in my mind. There is no doubt in my mind that in these days, in these opportunities, we are experiencing what the church of Acts experienced because they didn't get to gather in big auditoriums, in big sanctuaries, in big buildings. They gathered in small groups and in people's homes. And, and church, how beautiful is it that this morning we find ourselves doing the exact same thing as they did in Acts? So this morning, I'm going to pray again, and you're probably thinking if you're joining us for the first time, and maybe you're checking out this whole church thing, you're like, man, those Jesus folks sure do do a lot of praying. You're right, we do. And to be honest with you, we don't do enough of it. So let's pray together. Father God, I am convinced this morning, as I am every day and every week that I get up to proclaim your word, God, I'm in great need of you today. So God, if there's any unconfessed sin in my life, if there's any unconfessed sin in the lives of those who are gathering with us, God, I pray this morning that you clean us up. God, that you prepare our hearts and our minds. God, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds for your word, and then you would prepare our hearts and our minds for action. And God, I pray this morning that you would be glorified and that you would be honored in all that we say and all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Turn with me to Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Look at what God's word says. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing sick the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. 
This morning, I'm going to stop right there, and we're going to break down these few verses, and then we'll pick up in verse 17 in just a few moments. But the first thing I want you to see, something pretty cool is, is, is happening here in the early church. We see that the gospel church is encouraging and enriching the poor in spirit. Look at verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostle, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. What I want you to see is, is many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. You see, the apostles were a different group of people. The apostles were those who had witnessed and been with Jesus. They had seen the resurrection of Christ. And in case you missed this church, Jesus said in his ministry, when I go away, you're going to be able to do far greater things than even I have done. Remember back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus says you'll wait and, 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 and you'll receive. And when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will empower you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And guess what, church? The apostles are in Jerusalem and they are being witnesses of Jesus' miracles to these people. The cool thing that's happening here is, is that the gospel is encouraging and enriching the poor in spirit. And they were all together. They were unified. Look at verse 12 again. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostle, and they were all together. Church, I want you to know something this morning. The enemy is trying to divide us. The enemy is trying to spread us through a disease like the coronavirus. The enemy is trying to tell us that we can't gather, we can't meet. But look at the beautiful picture of Acts chapter 5, and look at the beautiful picture today as I was strolling through Facebook just making sure that we were live. I was blown away by how many of you were gathering with us this morning. But then I saw my friends at OU Methodist as they were doing their live service. And then I saw our brothers and sisters at the orchard and Christ prayers, and the list just goes on and on and on. And church, can I tell you something? We're unified this morning. The same way they were unified in Acts chapter five, verse 12, we're unified this morning because they're all together. We're all together. Church, hear me, we're all in this together. Look at verse 13. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. The apostles were magnified. They were put up on this pedestal. They were, attention was drawn to them. Why? Because the people held them at high esteem. People looked up to them, or most did. Church, I want to hear you say, I want you to hear me say this this morning. When we as the church become the church, when we as the body of Christ becomes the body of Christ, I want you to understand something. People are going to look to us and we can't get prideful in that. We can't draw the attention to ourselves. We must lift up the name of Jesus. Because church, I don't know if you know this or not. Let me let you in on a little secret. If there's anything good in me or anything good in you, it's Jesus, period. The gospel encouraged and enriched the poor in spirit. They were unified, they were magnified, and then look at verse 14. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. They were unified, they were magnified, and they multiplied, Wearsby says. You know why they multiplied? Because they were together. 
Church, I want you to hear me say something this morning. If we want to see the church grow, it will be in difficult times like this where we are unified, we are magnified, and we're not magnifying ourselves, we're magnifying Jesus. And as we magnify Jesus, hear me, church, guess what's going to happen? We will multiply. Never in time have we seen such an opportunity, church, as we see today, that we would be able to be given the opportunity to spread the gospel via social media, via many opportunities to text and FaceTime our neighbors and check on those around us. Church, Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit has given us this unbelievable opportunity to be unified, to magnify his name. And as we do those things, multiply the church because when the church is scattered, what we're going to see in Acts as we continue, that is when the church grows the most. I pray that during these days that we would see the same thing happen in our churches during these difficult times. May we be unified. May we magnify the name of Jesus during these days and may we multiply. I also want to point out something here in verse 14. We live in a time of equality. We live in a time of saying that everybody's equal. I want you to hear me say this this morning, church. In Jesus, there is no Jew or Greek. There is no male or female. We are all equal in Christ. And what is happening here in verse 14, and it says, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Here's what I want you to see. Many theologians say that this is the first time in the history of the church that women are mentioned of being multiplied in the gospel that are being multiplied in the church. Here's what I want you to hear me say today. The world might say that we're different, but Christ says that we're equal. May God not only grow women in the church, children in the church, men in the church, but may he multiply us all. Additionally, what we see in this text is the humbled are being healed. Look at verses 15 and 16 again with me. Look at verses 15 and 16 again with me. Look at what it says. So that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. Does that sound familiar? You remember when Jesus was walking through the crowds and people began to press in and press in and and the lady just said, if I can touch Jesus, church, I want you to know something. We got to press in in these moments. We can't run and hide. We can't just run to shelter. And I'm not saying that I don't think that we should shelter down, church. We should shelter down. We should do exactly what the medical professionals are telling us. We should make sure that we're social distancing. But what I'm saying is, is that we should press in. We should lean in to Jesus. Jesus. We should lean into his spirit. We should lean into his word. And as we do that, maybe his shadow might fall on us. Look at verse 16. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. And look at what it says in verse 16. And they were healed. Tony Moreta says it this way, we must recognize the unique nature of the apostles' ministry, but we must still affirm that God heals people every day. Church, can I ask you a question this morning? If God is who he says he is, and we believe that God is in control of all things, then if there's ever been a time for us to pray and ask for God to bring healing, it's today, amen? Amen. 
I want us to continue like Chad said earlier, that we would pray for our community and our state and our nation. But church, let me tell you something. We got to pray for the nations because there are people dying in the midst of this epidemic and many of them are dying without the hope of Christ. We got to long for Jesus. We got to pray that those who are sick will be healed even today. The humble were being delivered. You know how the humble were being delivered? Because they were being healed, verse 16 says. Look at what it says. It says, those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. There's something beautiful about humility. There's something beautiful about laying ourselves before God and saying, God, we can't do it on our own. We need you to bring healing. And church, that is, that is true with the coronavirus epidemic, but can I tell you something else, church? That is true with the sin epidemic. We got to humble ourselves and say, God, bring healing to us. Go back with me and pick up in verse 17, and we'll finish out Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 says, But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, are filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in a public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and set, sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, verse 22 says, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this, would, what, what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Man, I wish I could have seen that. We locked them up. The spirit, the angels unlock the doors, they bring them out, tell them to go to the, the, the court of the temple and preach. And they, the, the, the Sadducees, excuse me, the Pharisees, excuse me, the Pharisees actually sent for them. And when they get there, they're not there. And as they're coming back, they go, look, there they are. We'll get to that here in a minute. Verse 26 says, verse 26, excuse me, says, then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in the name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter, an apostle, answered, we must obey God rather than man. The God of your fathers raised Jesus. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand as a leader and a savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses, witnesses to these things. And so, the, that it, so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. 
But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, or Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care of what you are about to do with these men. Take care what you're about to do to these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400 joined him. He was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of of, of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, They beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And verse 41 says, and they left the presence of the council rejoicing, hear me church, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Church, what I want us to see this morning in verses 17 through 40 that the ministry also enrages, enrages, excuse me, the prideful. It, er- it enrages the prideful. The gospel calls the prideful to become angry. And what keeps people from the gospel, church? Pride. And pride leads to jealousy. The council is attacking the truth. Look at verses 17 through 28 again. Verses 17 through 28 again. Wiersbe says that, 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 the, that, that the pride attacks the truth. Look at verse 17. But the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, are filled with jealousy. Church, let me share something with you this morning. Our pride will lead to jealousy. You know what I love about what God's doing with the church right now? And I understand that we're in difficult times, but none of us gets to say this church did this or that church did this. As we gather together as the church, the body of Christ, it will only be God that gets the glory, Christ that gets the honor, and the Holy Spirit that does the work. We got to preach the word. Doesn't matter how many people are jealous. Look at verse 18. And they were arrested. The apostles put them in a public prison. And they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. They didn't put them in a private prison where you couldn't see them. They put them in a public prison. Look at verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Church, I want you to hear me this morning. The gospel causes the prideful to become angry. The council begins to attack the truth. We want a spotlight. We want the spotlight, and the gospel gives Jesus the spotlight. It is not about us. That's the reason, as followers of Christ, we should always put others first, especially during these times. People have to know that we put Christ first and others second. The apostles did not 
resist arrest or organize a public protest. They quietly went along with the temple guard and actually spent a few hours in public jail. But during the night, church, an angel set them free and told them to return to their witnessing in the temple. What I love about these, these verses, what I love about Scripture is, is that the enemy and sin wants to lead to destruction, but Jesus wants to lead to life. You can't lock us out. You can't hold us back. You can't mute us. You can't quieten us. Let me share something with you. It doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that, that and I got I to gotta be honest with you this morning, church, I believe that our worst days are ahead of us when it comes to this epidemic, but I believe that God is going to be faithful. And I believe as God is faithful, that you will not be able to shut the church down as long as we preach Jesus. Verse 21, and when they had heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. And now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and set, sent them to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, so they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked, guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Church, I want you to hear me this morning as I was reviewing this last night. It was almost like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, hey, look, they might lock every door in town. They might tell you you can't go anywhere, but don't you get it twisted. The gospel will go forth. They found it locked. They found it secured. They found the guards there, the scripture says. We found the prison, verse 27, securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them wondering what this would come to. Church, I don't know if you know this or not, but the world is looking at this current situation and they're going, what's going to come of this? Pretty obvious that it's going to cause lots of pain and people are even going to die, but church, don't get this messed up. God is still the hope. God is still the answer to every problem that we deal with. And people will say, what will come of this? In verse 25, and someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. They tried to lock them up, but church, hear me. You can't lock up the gospel. Look at verse 26. The captain with the officers went and brought them, and, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Remember, these people were magnified. They were, the, the apostles were known in the public as, as great men. Why? Because of the message that they preached, because of the healing power that the Holy Spirit was doing through them. They knew. They knew that if they brought opposition to these men, that they could be stoned. Look at verse 27. And when they brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you are. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. 
Church, what I want you to see in these verses, verses 17 through 28, the council is attacking the truth. The truth can be attacked, but the truth can never be silenced. Look at verse 29 with me. Verse 28, they said, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And look at Peter's response, verse 29. And Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. And for you that are listening to me this morning, you're like, I'm gonna do this even though the government tells me I ought to stay inside. Well, understand if you do that, there are consequences to it. But I'm obeying God, church. You can obey God at your home. You can obey God by sharing the gospel via text message, via social media. And yes, the gospel must be preached, but don't use verses like this to use it for your own agenda. Use it for God's glory and God's fame, amen? Verse 30 says, and the God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. Peter's like, you talking about us bringing this blood on you? No, brother, you brought it on yourself. You're the one that killed Jesus. You're the ones that killed Jesus. Don't put this on us. Verse 31 said, and God exalted him at his right hand as a leader and savior, giving repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. So in verses 17 through 28, we see the council is attacking the truth. But in verses 29 through 32, you see what, you see what, we, what we see here is the apostles, Wearsby says, are affirming the truth. They could not serve two masters. Wearsby says they had already declared whose side they were on. And verse 32 says this, and we are witnesses to these things. So is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. We are witnesses to these things as so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. The council, hear me church, in these verses, were trying to attack the truth, but the apostles were affirming the truth. However, some will avoid the truth. Here's what I want you to see. And I'm not trying, I promise you, I'm not trying to make such parallels, but when the scripture makes a parallel, we gotta pay attention to it, amen? There will be many of us in these days that will be tempted to go, man, is God really with us? Is God still on his throne? And I want you to remember this morning, we sang a song this morning in worship as is, is, is Heather and Marshall led us in this song, Death Was Arrested, meaning that your life, your death was arrested because Jesus took your place. The hope that we have, not just in difficult times like these, church, but the only hope we have in a sin-filled world that we live in and that we were born in and that we continue to sin ourselves, the only hope we have is to Run to the truth, not to avoid the truth. Look at verses 33 through 39. Uh, forgive me, I am probably butchering this guy's name. So I'll say G hard word and I'll try to say it again. Gamaliah or Gamaliel was a Pharisee. And look at verse 29. Verse 29 says this. I'll give you a little bit of back history. 
And Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. And then the God of our fathers raised him up. But look at verse 33. It says, when they heard this, they were enraged, enraged, excuse me, and wanted to kill them. Enraged is just another word for they were angry. They were outraged. They wanted to kill these people. How dare you tell us that we're wrong and you're right? But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held an honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. I also want you to understand that not only is the apostles affirming the truth, however, some will avoid the truth. Gamaliel was a Pharisee who did not want to see the Sadducees get the victory. And in these verses, this is what I want you to see. He is about to explain to them that there are many who have come and said that they were the Messiah. There are many who have come and said, I am Christ, I am the Messiah, I am the Savior of the world. Verse 35 says, and he said to them, men of Israel, take care of, take care of what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400 joined him. He was killed and all who followed him dispersed and came to nothing. Meaning, hey, look, if this Jesus that they preach is real, then guess what? You'll know that he's real. But if he's a fake, then they will eventually disperse. Church, can I tell you something? It will be easy in these days to question, is Jesus really who he says he is? I had somebody ask me just on Friday, Fish, do you think we're in the end of times? Church, I don't know if we're in the end of times, but I know this, we're closer today than we were yesterday. And our responsibility is to stay on the bus. Jesus is the driver. We're going to stay on the bus, and whenever we get to where we're going, and wherever we get, when we get to where God is taking us, we'll know that we're there because He's the one leading us and guiding us, not some false truth, not some false hope. Our hope is in Jesus. Amen. But Thaddeus, Thaddeus was one that rose up and said, hey, I am somebody. And they killed him. And the people that were following him scattered. Look at verse 37. And after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of, uh, of census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished and all who followed him were scattered. And then look at verse 38. So in the present case, I tell you to keep away from these men and let them alone. Don't you love it when God uses the people that are enemies to the gospel for the gospel to go forth? This, this, gal, this G hard work guy, he wasn't about Jesus. He was about himself. Sadducees and Pharisees were all about their intelligence, all about who they were. But church, the world sees plenty of that. May we point that it is not about us. It is about Christ. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and make their way back up. So in verse 38, it says, So in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan, is this un for if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. Church, let that be a warning to us today. If what we are doing as a church, as believers, if it is about man, if it is about us getting the glory, if it is about us getting the credit, don't let it be messed up. It will fail. But if it is of God, you know what the scripture says? The gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. 
So I choose Jesus. I choose the gospel. I choose to learn from what the early church in Acts did. They just didn't keep the gospel to themselves. The gospel began to move. But then look at verse 39. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might, you might even be found to opposing God. So they took his advice. Church, I pray this morning that we would be just like the early church in Acts 5. That we would be for God and not against God. We would be for his work and his plan, not against his work and his plan. I understand we're in difficult times. I understand that it might cost us something. But church, if ever there was a time for the church to rise up and to celebrate the name of Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, it is now. It is now. Look at verse 20. Excuse me, verse 40. And when they had called in the apostles... They beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. I want to make sure you hear what the verse just said. And when they, they, they took the Sadducees' advice and then they called them in and they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. I got to be honest with you this morning. I've had the unbelievable opportunity to go all over the world. I don't say that with pride. I say that with humility. God has given me so many opportunities to minister here, all over our state, all over our nation, but he's given me the opportunity to minister all over the nation, all over the world. And church, can I tell you something? I've never been beaten for the gospel. We've seen some persecution. We've seen some persecution even here in the States. We've had people say, y'all shut up about that Jesus. That stuff's not true. And, and we got a choice to make. Will we keep preaching or will we run and hide? In church, in the midst of great epidemics, like we find ourselves in today, we have a choice to either run and hide or to celebrate when we face persecution. Verse 40 says, and they had called them in, called in the apostles. They beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And look at verse 41. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day, verse 42 says, in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Church, can, I hear, can, can you hear me this morning? The world is watching how the church responds to difficulty. The world is watching how the church responds to these challenging times. They're wanting to know, will we put our faith in God? Will we say that God will stand on his truth? Will we trust that he's going to be with us even through these difficult times? And church, my response, our response, I hope your response is yes. We choose God in these days. And look, if we suffer, if we die, if we face sickness, if we face difficulty, we will continue to preach 
preach Jesus from house to house, from place to place. And yes, we might have to be creative in how we do it, but church, hear me, if we don't do it now, we'll never do it. So let's together preach Jesus. Let's together lift up his name in some of the most difficult times in the history of the world. And let's not lose hope, but let's trust in the hope of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for all who have gathered with us online. God, I pray this morning that your truth has been preached, that your gospel has been moving this morning from house to house and community to community via live stream, not just through what our church is doing, but God, what churches are doing all over this nation and all over this world. God, we understand we're in some difficult times. God, we understand we're in some challenging times, but God, I choose my home, as the, as, as the writers of the Old Testament would say, for my house choose to serve, to chooses to serve the Lord. God, I pray this morning for those that are gathered in their houses that they would choose to serve the Lord. God, that they would not run from the truth. God, that they would not try to put the truth away, but they would affirm the truth and they would stand on the truth that you are who you say you are. God, we ask for healing. We ask for strength and wisdom for our medical professionals and our political leaders, those that have to make difficult decisions. God, we pray that you give those people supernatural wisdom. But God, we pray in these days, in these moments, that we do not forget to preach Jesus. And God, I believe in these difficult moments, days from now, weeks from now, even months from now, as we see how the gospel has multiplied in the midst of difficult times, we will, we will say to ourselves, how worthy were we to be counted as worthy that we might suffer a little bit, but that Jesus might go forth. God, wrap your arms around our families today. Wrap your arms around our people today. Minister to them. If it's food, if it's physical, if it's emotional, if it's spiritual, God, meet them. And God, if there's someone watching us this morning that doesn't know the hope of Jesus, God, I pray that they would cry out to Jesus, not run from Jesus, but run to Jesus instead of from Jesus. And God, may you embrace them today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, hey, church, we're going to do like we normally do. We're going to have a time of response. And I know this might be a little awkward for you. This might be a little difficult for you, but man, we want you to worship with us this morning. Man, how awesome would it be for people to be standing in their kitchens or in their dens or maybe on their patios this morning and man, just worshiping God. Maybe your neighbors, maybe your neighbors would hear you worshiping and going, man, what's wrong with them people over there? Are they drunk? No, they just feel with the spirit, God. God, may our worship be more pure right now than it ever has before as we respond that the truth cannot be muted. The truth must be proclaimed and it must be magnified and it must be lifted up. So let's worship together. Stand to your feet in your house. Stand in the feet in your, in your room. Stand in the feet on your uh, patio and let's worship together. Band, y'all lead us, will you? You know, we have a choice. Will we choose to give thanks to God because he's more than enough or will we worry? Church, I realize that we're in some difficult times. I realize that we're in some challenging times, 
But our anthem here at Community, our anthem as a church as a whole, is that we choose to give thanks to God because he's more than enough. We're not gonna worry because we have all we need in him. And trust me, church, when we question if God is more than enough, then what we're saying is, is God is not who he says he is. And so let's choose in these days, let's choose in these moments not to worry, but to give thanks. Church, we can't thank you enough for gathering with us today. It's been an honor to worship with you. We'll continue to worship like this uh, through our student ministries and college ministries and women's ministries and men's ministries in these challenging days. We will make it a point to connect with you. So make sure you follow us on all our social medias um, through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I want to share with you just one quick thing this afternoon. I got this this, uh, email during our service or this text during our service. OU Methodist, who is uh, one of our sisters churches in our community. Uh, They're going to be meeting with our mayor and our CEO of our hospital this afternoon at 3 p.m. It'll be a live stream on all their uh, social media outlets. And so they just want to clarify some truth uh, and and, and get the truth out there and make sure that we're not listening to the lies about what's really going on in our area and what we can do to make sure that we're protecting ourselves, taking care of each other. So if you don't have to go out, don't go out, stay hunkered down, make sure you wash your hands, uh, experience social distancing. It is real. Church, this is a real situation, but our hope is in Christ. Thank you again for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you this week. May he protect you. And remember, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to you. God bless. See you next week. My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.